This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings and good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our reading from the daily office today is Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 33. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So, do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. Do you happen to remember, at the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus calls in quick succession Simon, or Peter by his more well-known name, and his brother Andrew, then James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Now all four were fishermen by trade. Rabbi Jesus proceeds to lead the way, preaching, teaching, healing, and recruiting more followers along the way, including very many women. As things get into high gear, we hear little tidbits of warnings about the realities of life with Jesus 
tucked in there in the book of Matthew. For example, one time a scribe approaches Jesus and says, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replies, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was, in effect, a homeless wanderer. Then there was this exchange with another aspirant who says to Jesus, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. To which Jesus responds, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. In effect, a heck no, you drop what you're doing like all of my other followers did and get in step conveying a certain urgency. I have to give credit to both the scribe and that other potential follower of Jesus. They had a certain regard for Jesus to want to follow him. They respected him, even admired him. And it does not say what they end up doing either. Maybe they ended up following Jesus and towing the line. As another example, in chapter 9, as they are traveling along together, Matthew is called to follow Jesus. And with dramatic effect, Matthew turns around on a dime, dropping all the tax collecting that he was successfully doing to follow Jesus. Then, at the very end of chapter 9, we are told that when Jesus saw the immense and needy crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, we are told. Then he pronto calls his disciples to be shepherds too, by proclaiming, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus sends them out as laborers into the harvest. Jesus summons 12 of the followers, selected as disciples to do just this, giving them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and cure every disease and every sickness. Now, Jesus was a good manager and judge of people, I think. I'm given to understand that one person can lead and directly manage just about that number of people, and the twelve are named. In addition to the five already mentioned, there are also Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot. Jesus sends them all out with these instructions to proclaim the good news that the reign of God has come near and to preach, teach, and heal, to cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with skin diseases and cast out demons just like he has been doing and to do it all without payment, all just like he exampled. They did so because they respected, admired, and resonated with, had a great regard for Jesus, his life and message, the way in which he conducted the business of salvation. Jesus cautions them that he is sending them out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so to be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. It is a question of balance. 
and to warn them that they will be flogged and dragged before governors and kings because of what they are doing in Jesus' name. Jesus encourages them and advises when that time comes, their response to all of this persecution and pain will come to them through the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, have no fear of these things and to be bold by proclaiming the good news from the housetops. And once again tells them, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear God who can destroy both soul and body. Now fear, that's a tricky word, isn't it? I like to think Jesus means to hold in high regard, admiration, respect, and hopefully resonate with God, being on the same wavelength. I try my utmost to put myself in their place. What was it like? What would it be like? Up to a certain point, perhaps I might have found life with this Jesus fellow engaging, interesting, a bonding experience, an education, an uplifting and saving experience, perhaps even entertaining at times. But it would have been with a certain passivity of being observer, lacking responsibility. But now the rubber hits the road. As it is said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Jesus has commissioned and sends his followers out to do the same thing as he has been doing And knowingly or unknowingly, the disciples have been in a process of growing, of becoming like their teacher. And the elephant in the room is expectation. Expectation with a capital E. Indeed, Jesus lays it on them. They will be received and treated no better than him and as servants perhaps even worse than he has been treated. And just as Jesus has, they also will suffer rejection and persecution, and all the while keeping in mind that the failure or loss, as well as the victory and the timing of these kinds of things, are not ours but God's alone. Now how in the world am I or you or Are we to RSVP such an invitation to this kind of a party? It doesn't sound like a party at all. (laughs) And as we come to today's reading, we get a kind of a pep talk because Jesus knows the score. He's trying to cheer us up, cheer us on. And it's just as applicable here and now as it was there and then applicable to us who may be rejected and persecuted and may be afraid to speak out boldly to share God's love, grace, and mercy in our comings and goings. In the reading, there are two repeated commands not to be afraid. Stiff upper lip, you know. Grin and bear it. And that bit about the sparrows, Even though God values us so, so, so much, there will be costs of discipleship. And that whoever loses their life for Jesus' sake, or even it's just a little bit, I would like to think, will find it. 
Jesus leads by example of practicality and courage. In our world today, we have our own challenges, for example, in living up to what it means to be a beloved community, to live in the mutuality of love, to be of one heart and of one soul, so that there is not one needy person among us. One really prominent social issue among many is to achieve racial reconciliation and justice. It takes courage to be a beloved community in this contemporary and a complicated and polarized society of ours. Now, in my specific case, it helps me very much, having benefited from white male privilege, to better understand what kind of courage is required by appreciating life as others have had to have lived it. That is why I really appreciate what the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has to say about courage in his autobiography. King provides this contemporary definition of courage based on his life experience as a black man living in a white America. And his definition has a wide application. He wrote, Courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. Cowardice is submissive surrender to circumstances. Courage breeds creativity. Cowardice represses fear and is mastered by it. Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when we must take a position that is neither safe nor politic nor popular, but one must take it because it is right. Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, Out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Since today we celebrate the life of St. Luke the Evangelist, I'm going to say the collet for St. Luke. Almighty God, who inspired your servant Luke the physician to set forth in the gospel the love and healing power of your Son, graciously continue in your church this love and power to heal to the praise and glory of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Now let us take some time together, pausing our worship if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life and for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, and in particular, for those who are suffering and those who have died. Now let us pray the Collect for the Human Family, which is found on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice. It's on page 823 of the prayer book. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let us pray the concluding collect, which is on 100, page 139. Page 139. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture in the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus.